Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm going to be your host, and this is episode 91. And today we're going to be talking about three ways to overcome weight loss plateaus. Okay, this is specifically for people who are struggling to break through weight loss or fat loss plateaus. Maybe you have recently started losing weight for... I don't know, the, the summer or something coming up, or maybe it's just time and you, you decided you're frustrated and, and now's the time to finally make that leap, which is amazing. Congratulations if that's you. Or maybe you have been working on this for a while and you've hit a plateau and you just can't seem to crack through for whatever reason. Well, today we're gonna be talking about three ways you can overcome that. Okay, now maybe all three of these would apply to you. Maybe only one of them applies to you, but I promise you this, all three of these things are very important pieces that almost everyone needs to deploy at some point in order to get to their end goal. Okay. I promise you that. Okay. So the first one, let's just jump right in. The first one is by far, I would say the most important, all three of these are extremely important, but this first one is the most important. Okay. Because it applies to every single person, no matter what your goal is. Okay. And this applies to you. Even if you're trying to put on weight, if you're trying to build muscle, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to burn fat, if you're trying to stay the same, I guess, uh, if that's, if you're in between cycles or something and you're just trying to maintain for a little while before you go into a bulk or a cut or something like that, uh, this would apply to you there as well. Okay. And that is understanding your macros and your calories. Okay. Understanding your macros and your calories and really utilizing them in the most effective way possible. Okay. The most effective way possible for you and your goal. Okay. Now listen, every, every single person, everyone wants to eat intuitively. Now, if you don't know what intuitive eating is, it's basically just operating daily without having to count calories or look at macros or think about proteins and fats and carbs and stuff like that. Just eat whatever you want, basically, and have an intuitive understanding as to what that is that you should be eating in order to meet your goal. Everyone would love that. Okay, that would be great if you could just go along your day and eat stuff and just know intuitively what it is that you need to eat to lose weight or to put on weight or to stay the same or whatever. That's great. That's a great concept. And, every, and people can get there. Okay. People can get there. You can graduate to that. Right. But if you're in a situation now where you're trying to lose a significant amount of weight, then you should not be going into intuitive eating. You should not be trying to do that. Okay. The reason is it's almost impossible to utilize intuitive eating correctly or properly or effectively without understanding nutrition. 
And the only way to really understand nutrition is to understand macros. And the only way to understand that is to practice it. Okay. So I'm going to say that again, to get to intuitive eating, where you can just operate daily eating stuff that you know is a good idea. And you know that if you eat this, you'll get this result. If you want to get to that point, you have to spend some time. And I mean, three months, maybe six months, nine months, maybe a year. Okay, maybe longer for some of you. You have to spend that time understanding how nutrition works, understanding how macros work, counting calories for a while, staying consistent for a while, and understanding that. Okay, once you do that for long enough, you will know intuitively how much nutrition, how many nutrients are in this food and that food and this other food. Okay, you'll know what a banana is worth, basically, you know, you'll know what it has in it, calories wise, carbs wise, you know, how much sugar is in that, you will know how much four ounces of steak has in it, eight ounces of steak, it'll, it'll just, it'll be something that is so ingrained in you from months and months and months of consistency, then it won't be an issue. And that will allow you to live in, intuitively and eat intuitively and not have to track things, not have to count things. Okay. So that's, that's one thing that you have to practice in order to get to that point. Okay. Nobody can easily and effectively start intuitive eating without going through this process first. Okay. You need to understand how nutrition works. I can't say that enough times. You need to understand how nutrition works. And the only way to really understand that is not reading a book. Okay. That helps not just listening to a podcast. Yes, this helps, but actually practicing it daily, practicing it daily for a while. Okay. So once you understand that, and this is where it all ties into cracking through that weight loss plateau is once you understand that, then you can start to deploy these two things. One is a deficit and the other is a surplus. Okay. A deficit of macros and a surplus of macros. So a deficit is obviously when you consume less than typical or less than normal or less than your, your body needs basically. Um, so if your body needs, let's just say 2000 calories a day to stay the same, if you consume all of your calories and all your macros and all of that adds up to less than 2000, then you're at a deficit. And if you do it right, then your deficit will be a number that doesn't cause you to go insane mentally, meaning you're not starving yourself. It doesn't cause you to become so weak that you can't operate daily and get out of bed and do all your normal stuff. But it does allow you to lose weight a little bit faster. Okay. It does allow you to actually lose the weight that you're trying to lose and burn the body fat that you're trying to burn. So, a deficit should never be something that is extremely large in value. Okay. You shouldn't be cutting 1500. If you're, if you're eating 2000 calories today, every single day, and you're not, you're not losing weight, you shouldn't be dropping from 2000 calories to 1000 calories. Okay. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be dropping from 2000 calories to 800 calories. That's even worse. You shouldn't even be dropping down to 1200 or 1300 or 1400 or 1500 calories. You should really only be dropping about 300 to 400 calories max, max. Okay. The body can only burn fat so fast. So it's important that you 
don't go into such a major deficit that you are doing your body more harm than good. Okay. The body can only lose weight organically and naturally so quick. Okay. Now the, the most successful people only really lose weight at a, a max of like three, three and a half pounds per week. And that is very aggressive and I would never recommend it. In fact, a healthy rate of, of loss is somewhere between half a pound and one and a half pounds per week. Okay. And two pounds per week is what I would consider above average, and but also still kind of in that healthy domain. But anywhere from a half a pound to one and a half pounds per week is average, and that's a good target to shoot for. Okay, the body just cannot melt fat faster than that at a healthy in a healthy way. Okay, so so don't expect to lose ten pounds a week or even ten pounds a month. Okay, really shoot for that like you know, I don't know, four to six pounds per month kind of rate somewhere in there. That's a, that's a good, a good number to shoot for. So a deficit, if you are stuck at a plateau, I recommend trying a deficit. Now, how you deploy that is going to be different for every single person. So I'm not going to get into specifics because it does depend on your situation. Uh, if you are, I've already kind of dabbled in that and you're still at a plateau, then one of the other things you can do as far as macros and calories go, nutrition goes, is to explore a surplus. Okay, now I'm not talking about bulking for three months or six months or anything like that. I'm talking about using a short period of time, like a couple of days, maybe a week, and almost doing like a refeed cycle where I'm not going to spend the entire podcast talking about this. Refeeds can be a very complicated type of topic, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time there. But When it comes to a surplus, you can actually fire up your metabolism a little bit, right? This is kind of like a a really high level way of looking at it, but you can kind of fire up your metabolism a little bit by um, adding in a surplus of calories for a few days, a couple of days. Sometimes it only takes one day and some people call us a cheat day. I don't like to use that terminology really when I'm talking about this, but you could. It's kind of the same thing. Um, the thing is, when it comes to doing this, you can't expect to get the results that you want if that surplus of calories is coming from things like cake and Doritos and donuts, okay? You still want to keep the same sources of nutrition that you've been using, these same quality sources of nutrition, uh, just kind of increasing the volume, right? So you're increasing the volume. And, and by the way, if you're already peaking out at your proteins, then you don't want to just chug a bunch more protein. No, you want to get some of this from a good, clean, slow digesting carb source or something like that. Maybe a little bit extra fat as well. But, you know, don't don't think that, you know, if I add 50 grams of protein to my diet, like that's going to be the magic trick. It's not like that. Okay. Um, But if you do spend a couple of days, like two days, three days, maybe up to a week, just eating at a slight surplus, like a 200 calorie surplus per day or 300 calorie surplus per day. And then after that, you go back to the value that you are consuming daily. You'll very likely find that your body will burn off fat a little bit faster than it once was. Okay. So you've kind of, that's a way of breaking through the plateau. It's basically spiking your metabolism, like rewaking it up, if you will. And then when you go back to a normal caloric target, then your body's still operating at higher level, trying to burn those extra calories and it helps push through that plateau. So I hope this makes sense a little bit. 
Now, again, these are both a lot more complicated when you explore them, but this is kind of like a bird's eye view of how to approach it. So, you know, just one more thing about calories in general. And when you eat too many calories, okay, when you consume too too many calories uh, and you do this in an incorrect way, which is like from sources like donuts and sugar and stuff like that, you'll get unwanted body fat. That is the result of doing that. If you eat too many calories, you get unwanted body fat. That's the bottom line. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. It can't use it. And since it's a source of energy, but it doesn't have to burn that energy because it's too, you have too much in your system, it stores it as fat. And that becomes body fat. That's how these things happen. Okay. Now, on the flip side of that, if you consume too few calories, okay, you'll run inefficiently. You'll basically ex- uh, experience the opposite, right? You'll run way too inefficiently. Yes, you'll lose weight, right? But you'll also lose a ton of muscle. And what's worse is that you'll start to experience some really weird mental responses, okay? This is usually when people start to get pissed off. Think about anyone you know that's dieted, that's gone into a crash diet or any extreme diet. They get pissed off. They get annoyed. They end up cheating on their diet. They end up skipping workouts. And then next thing you know, they end up going back to the state that they were in before they started. And a lot of times it's even worse. So, you know, it's a very delicate balance, not eating too many and not eating too few. And how you do that is you don't take massive steps. So when you're surp- when you're going for a surplus or a deficit, just go in small steps, two, three, 400 calories. Do not go to this thousand calorie swing. You will regret it. That is not the way to, b- to break through a plateau. Okay, number two, this is item number two, cardio. Now I've talked a lot about cardio on this podcast over the last year and I love cardio, but I don't think everyone needs cardio all the time, and I don't think it's the best approach to weight loss, okay? I'll say that again. Cardio is not the best approach to weight loss. However, cardio is necessary, and it has its place, okay? Now, the main place where cardio lives is, as far as benefits go, is its benefits to arterial health, okay? Your heart, your blood pressure, things like that. Uh, your lung capacity, your heart rate, all those things, cardiovascular stuff, cardiovascular benefits are the byproduct of doing cardio. Makes sense, right? Okay. But here's the other thing it does. Cardio burns calories on the spot. All right. I always like to think of it as like just in time calorie burning. So if you need to burn 300 calories, go do intense cardio, burn off 300 calories. Okay. Maybe that takes a half hour, maybe it takes 20 minutes, depends on what you're doing. But that's where it really shines. So from a purely a fat burning and weight loss standpoint, forget about arterial health for a minute um, and forget about the cardiovascular benefits if you play a sport or something. From a purely weight loss and fat loss perspective, cardio can be effective for like spot treating calorie burning. So if you need to burn an extra 300 calories a day, you don't want to change your diet, but you want to be at that deficit, great. You know what you can do? More cardio. Bam, go in and hit 45 minutes of cardio a day if you can swing that in your schedule somehow. Or better yet, do both. Okay, do both. Eat a slightly deficit, eat at a slight deficit, like a 200 calorie deficit, and incorporate some intense cardio for like 30, 40 minutes. You'll see amazing results. Okay, but you can't do it for a day or two days or three days. This is the type of thing that would take weeks to see benefits from. Okay, so. Uh, this would be a second thing to recommend, and if you're not already doing this and you're trying to burn fat and lose weight and you've got a ways to go, then I would start to roll this out 
And depending on where you're at in your program, I would roll this out maybe a day a week, maybe two days a week, maybe three days a week. Depends on your program, depends on your progress, depends on so many variables. But this should be something that you are rotating in uh, like on a regular basis in order to get a little bit further along, okay? And when I say cardio, it doesn't have to be running, it doesn't have to be walking, it doesn't have to be anything specific. Um, however, the more intense you can do it as far as resistance goes, typically the better your results are going to be. So for example, if you're using a bike, like a stationary bike, put the resistance level up very high and then just bounce back and forth between standing and sitting, standing and sitting. Uh, when you stand, a lot of times you use more of your calves. Okay. When you're sitting, you probably use more of your quads and your hamstrings, but you're either way, you're still using your legs. You're still using your body. You're still using your heart and you are burning calories. If you're on the elliptical, which is my personal favorite, then increase the resistance as much as you can. Okay. If you can go to the max, great. If you can go to 75% of the max, great. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever it is that you can handle and stay there consistently for a good 20, 25, 30 minutes and see what you can pull off. Okay. Same with the treadmill. Now I don't really like treadmills because I feel like more people experience knee issues and, and ankle issues than, and even hip issues really than they do, um, than the benefits they receive. Right. So, but one of the things you can do on a treadmill that is a little bit more gentle on the body and a little less fatiguing of those joints is to put it up on max resistance and walk. So a slow speed, max resistance and walk at a huge incline, like a really, a really steep incline. And you'll get a ton of benefit out of that from both a fat burning weight loss standpoint and those other things I mentioned. So arterial health and things like that. Um, so those are just three examples. All right. There's a bunch of different ways you can incorporate cardio. Uh, those are just three examples that I see a lot and I have seen be very, very effective for people over time. So the third thing guys is, and, and this is another one that everyone should be incorporating at any point in time. Uh, there's really not a, 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 a situation where this is a bad idea and that is progressive overloading. Now I've talked about this a lot in the podcast too, because I believe in it so much. What is progressive overload? That is a, an approach to it's really an approach to training or an approach to exercising in a way that overloads your body progressively, hence the name, uh, in a way that keeps your body continuing to struggle to keep up. And because it's continuing to struggle to keep up, it has to build more strength. It has to build more endurance. It has to build more stamina. It has to constantly grow and evolve and break itself down and repair itself bigger better, faster, stronger every single time in order to continue to keep up. Okay. So how do you do this? Well, if you are into weightlifting or resistance training, which you should be, then you would do this by adding reps or adding sets. Okay. Uh, or adding, changing the tempo. So if you're going really fast right now, just pay extra close attention to your reps, make sure that they are at a, a tempo that makes sense. Okay. You don't need to go a hundred miles an hour when you're doing curls or when you're doing bench press, take your time, maybe two seconds up, maybe two seconds down, and then be very methodical about the rest period in between reps and the rest period in between sets, whatever you've been doing for a while, change it, make it harder, make it more demanding on your body. The point of progressive overloading is to stress your body a little bit more than it's used to. That way it forces it to work harder and it forces it to grow and strengthen and develop. Um, from a cardio standpoint, 
adding distance or adding resistance to your cardio is going to help you progressively overload in the cardio domain, okay? Um, if you're doing something like box jumps or something like that, change the height, change the distance, uh, either from where you're starting from or where the box is going to be, and change the height, adjust it, change the speed. Um, if you're not, you know, since we're sticking to this box jump thing, if you're if you're not already squatting down below the 90 degree mark in order to do your box jump, start doing that. Change your form a little bit. Extend your range of motion. That's a really good way of doing it. Uh, one of the things I love, because most people don't do this, and then once they start doing it, they see massive growth, is pausing during the 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 peak of their lift. Okay, various various lifts. Now this doesn't apply to every lift, but it applies to a lot of them. So like curls, for example, I'll stick with that. As you begin to lift the bar, let's just say you're doing barbell curls. As you lift the bar, right when, right when you get to the peak, if you squeeze your biceps at the very peak and squeeze your forearms and really squeeze the weight tightly with your grip and hold it there for two seconds and then let it down, right? And by the way, both your eccentric and concentric movements, the up and down, the positive and the negative, if those are nice and slow, like between two and three seconds, and you pause at the top for two or three seconds, then you will see massive, massive growth in your biceps and your forearms and all the accessory muscles that are helping that, the synergistic muscles. And if you start applying that to the other, other exercises that you're doing, you're going to see the same type of thing. Okay, this is great for pretty much every single exercise. The only ones I wouldn't really recommend this for would be things like really, really heavy compound lifts like the Olympic lifts, okay, squat, um, bench press, deadlift, um, but even things like overhead press, like military press, I would do it there. I would incorporate it pretty much into anything except those three that I just mentioned. And it's not to say that those can't be implemented there. It's not to say that you can't do this there. It's just a little bit harder because it incorporates so many muscle groups and like you know, when you're talking about the squat, for example, I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but if you take the squat, for example, right, trying to pause during the contraction of a squat would, would look like this. You bring your body down, you've got the barbell over your shoulder, so it's a barbell squat, okay? Um, you bring your body down, you're maybe at 90 degrees or just below 90 degrees. Think about this, trying to like really squeeze the quad and hamstring and, and, and glute muscle groups while you're at the bottom of a squat and then pushing back up through the, the rest of the range of motion for that movement. That's a very difficult thing to pull off. And if you aren't someone who's trained to do that, you haven't trained your body to do that, to handle that, you're probably going to have a lot of trouble with it. So I don't like to recommend that. So again, guys, this whole pausing during the contraction thing, I think it's amazing. But again, I do not recommend it for the big three compound lifts, squats, deadlifts, and bench press. Everything else, it's free game, and I, and I recommend that you try it. It will help you break through plateaus, I promise you. And not just in weight loss plateaus, but muscle building plateaus as well. Uh, so some other ways to incorporate progressive overloading is to do a longer negative. So again, back to curls, right? Think about curls. When you lift that bar up, let's just say you're at the, the peak of your lift, and you squeeze your bicep. Well, instead of taking one or two seconds to bring that bar down back to the, the resting point, maybe take six seconds, take four seconds, take five seconds, something longer than usual. Because if you do that, the, the, the body, the biceps are going to be 
under contraction longer. And the longer they're under contraction, the more they're going to tear, the more they're going to tear the, the, honestly, the more, the more uh, potential they have for repairing bigger and stronger. As long as your nutrition's on point, everything else is on point. The potential for that is higher. So what you want to do is you want to set your body's potential up for getting the most out of every single workout and every single training session. Okay. So a longer negative. And then lastly, as far as progressive overload goes, just changing up your exercises is a massive game changer. Okay. If you've been doing the same training program for two years, guess what? You should probably change things up. You can still hit the same muscle groups. You obviously need to because the body doesn't have an infinite number of muscle groups, right? We have a finite number, so you can't not hit those muscle groups. But what you should do is change the way you attack them. Change the exercises you do. Change the supersets that you do. Change the tri-sets. If you're not doing those, incorporate them. If you're not doing any giant sets, incorporate them. Move some things around. Restructure your workouts a little bit. Maybe try a push and a pull together on the same day if you haven't done that yet. Or an upper and a lower body muscle group together on the same day if you haven't done that yet. Or maybe try hitting a main muscle group like legs twice in the same week if you're not already doing that. You know, change things up. Get creative. And if you have a good coach or a good, a good trainer, someone like that, they will do things like this because they've seen what works. So I hope this made sense, guys. I hope this helps. I'm just going to recap real quick. These are three ways to overcome weight loss plateaus. Okay. Number one is fully understanding your macros and calories so that you can deploy a deficit or a surplus as needed. Okay. Number two is cardio. Incorporate more cardio at a higher resistance as needed as well, as often as it takes, whatever it takes in order for you to break through that plateau. And then number three is incorporating and fully utilizing and fully embracing progressive overload. Okay. The whole concept of progressive overload. So I hope that makes sense guys. And look, if this is all really confusing to you and you don't know exactly how to do this, like maybe the words make sense, but you are still confused on how to actually do this. I invite you to jump on a call with me so we can work this out. We can talk about what your goals are. We can talk about where you're stuck. We can talk about what's working. We can talk about what's not working. And this will be one of the best like 30 to 45 minutes you've ever spent on your fitness and your health. And if it turns out that maybe it's a good idea for us to work together, then we can do that. I would love to work with you. If it turns out that this is something that is not a good fit, for you or for me or for whatever, that's fine. Take the information that you get on the phone and go and deploy that and put it into practice so you can get the most results from it. And again, this call is totally free. If you want to do this, if you want to jump on a call with me to talk about this stuff, uh, just go over to gordonalight.com forward slash apply. So that link will be in the show notes. You just go in there. There will be a calendar when you go to that website and just pick the time slot that works best for you. And once you pick that time slot, it'll be all booked and it's pretty much a breeze after that. You'll get email notifications, whatever, and then I will call you at the time that you selected. So again, that's at gordonalight.com forward slash apply. And with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you did get value out of this, please share this with a friend and go over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. That would mean so much to me. 
And with that, guys, thank you guys so much again. And I will talk to you in the next episode. As always, don't forget, train with purpose. See ya.